0: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, in high fidelity. In much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Jay, and Dre. Y'all know what time it is. Time for In Much Less Detail, the podcast here with you live on a Saturday night, September the 30th of 2017. I'm Dre. He's Jay. NFL Week 4 coming up tomorrow morning. We're back in London again because we just can't get enough England in the NFL. The remaining 15 games of Week 4 starting tomorrow morning, ending Monday night. But Thursday night was a very eventful night to start off week four between the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. And our man Jay was on the scene, he and his wife. I don't even know where to begin to talk about all the events that happened. You would think in a blowout game like that, 35-14 win for the Packers, that it would be kind of uneventful. But it was just the opposite. There were so many different events that happened in that game, and you were there to take it all in.
1: I was, I'll, and I'll get it right out of the way early, uh, since we talked about it in the last show, as to would I, would I or wouldn't I uh, lock arms with the fans before the game? Well, it didn't matter, because during the National Anthem, I was on the escalator on the long ride up to our seats. In you planned nation.
0: that out.
1: You so, planned well, we, that. You didn't want
0: to be anywhere near the sweaty people when the anthem started. I know you. We, you
1: planned. We that. stopped. We stopped for dinner because we went with another couple, you know, some friends of ours. We went to the game all together. We stopped, we, we parked in the, you know, we have you have pay for parking. It's not that far from Lambo. Gorgeous night. Uh, perfect fall. Well, it started as a gorgeous <laughs> night. Yeah. And something yeah, happened. And, you know, we paid our we paid our money for parking. Well, just so turned out that the restaurant that we parked in the parking lot of, they gave us a coupon and said, "Hey, well, if you want to eat dinner here, uh, you, you get ten bucks off our bill." Great, thirty dollars. I believe the bill was thirty dollars for dinner and a hundred dollars for drinks.
0: <laughs>
1: um, so I had my couple drinks before the game. I was the designated driver, so you know by six forty-five, I was I was done drinking for the evening. The people that I was with were definitely not. That continued on and through the whole first quarter, through the whole 45-minute lightning delay, and then on to halftime, and then the third quarter after, you know, then everybody was cut off. And I was basically driving home a carload of sleeping, hungover people, drunk people um, <laughs> by that. So I did not get to partake in witnessing what happened for the anthem. I Sitting in that new south end zone um, at Lambeau Field, you are on a, an escalator ride that feels like it lasts forever um i was also surprised by how big the crowd was still waiting to get in so we had to wait to get in and then we're on the escalator going up and then you could hear the the anthem starting and you were you could see it on the tv so you probably got to partake in experiencing more of the national anthem than what i did basically being on the escalator on the way up to our seats and we got we basically sat down in our seats with about a minute to go before kickoff we timed it perfectly, but it was not intentional. I'll, I will say that. Um,
0: you know, as by for the December game itself, you know, by December, that long escalator ride yeah. is going to be
1: a, a long. Uh oh. <laughs> then the game started. Oh,
0: yeah, that's exactly how the game went.
1: And we got Mike Lennon and the Chicago Bears. This is a strip sack on the very first play of the game. Mm -hmm. the picks that he threw were right to the dudes. And then my Mm -hmm. favorite play of the night was the snap off of Mike Glennon's knee that then ricocheted into the defensive secondary for the Packers to fall right onto. You couldn't have planned it better that way. Uh, Mind you that the snap right before that was almost over Mike Glennon's head and off to his right, and he had to reach out with one hand and snag the snap out of midair. Otherwise, that would have gone the other way in the wrong direction. But this makes the third time in four games that the Bears have been very worthy recipients of uh, the Benny yeah. Hill music. It was... Not it it, it was...
0: It, it, me knee so, bumble.
1: The general consensus among the Packer fans that I've talked to is that it wasn't that the Packers looked dominating as much as the Bears looked ridiculously awful, unprepared... And, and just overall like garbage in that game um, unfortunately that uh, we were sitting in the end zone looking straight down on the Devontae Adams hit oh and it was as uh, it was as vicious and as violent as it looked on TV but worse I think in person because you heard it through the entire stadium. I mean, you just heard the crack into his helmet, and I have never. First of all, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I think that's his mouth guard. I actually saw the mouth guard go flying like 15 feet yeah. out of his head, and uh, I've never seen players, the, the 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 Packer and Bears players, were reacting to the sideline before his body hit the ground. Yeah, and that's I I say that with the with the understanding that when I it may have very well at that point have been a body on the field. And I I was sitting there with popcorn at the moment and I'm eating popcorn. I'm like, wow, I could be sitting here eating popcorn, watching a man die on the football field. That's how bad I thought that hit was. And it it made me feel a little, a little, a little dead inside. Um, But fortunately uh, he didn't die, but, and then in seeing the replays, I can certainly understand based on the severity and the just general lack of regard that, Danny Trevathan was playing with just going head first. He wasn't even looking where he was going at that point anymore, just diving in there head first. Uh, I can understand the the suspension, but it was it was that sickening thud that you just don't want to hear. Then you just see the and you just he was he obviously was KTFO'd. I couldn't tell from where I was sitting because it was far away, but I I don't think he was uh, awake for for a little while after that happened. They put him to sleep. Otherwise, though, just an overall terrible performance by the Bears. And that is now, are are the Bears a a heckle and jide team? Because that's two good games they've played at home and two of the worst possible football games you could ever see on the road.
0: Well, the part about that is that you know the way that the Bears can play effectively, and that's have Mike Glennon throw as little as possible, because that's what happened in those games in which they played decently yeah. against the Falcons and then against the Steelers. And so to for that to be the obvious game plan for Chicago and for them to call a, a pass play the very moment that they get the ball, the first play of the game is a, a play fake where Glennon just stands there and holds the ball way too long and Clay Matthews comes around and strip sack him. Why? Why throw the first play? What are you trying to prove? Mike Glennon sucks. We all yeah. know that. You don't have to show us by having him throw the first play of the game. It was, I didn't understand that right off the bat. You talk about momentum just completely. The game was over there. The Packers get yeah. the opening drive and score, which is fine. They're, that's Aaron Rodgers. He's capable of doing that. But the game doesn't have to be over at that point. You get the ball back. Now you can put a drive together. Maybe you can score. Not when you have Mike Glennon drop back the first pass on a play fake and just stand there and hold the ball and wait for Clay Matthews to come get him. That basically the game was over at that point. It's like, what are you people doing? What you oh
1: yeah. God. We were we were a drive and one Bears snap into that game, and I knew after that strip sack on the first play that it was over. What number one, because we both expected the Bears to come out and feature that running game against a, a pretty awful Packers. Uh, defense and run defense, the way that they were getting gashed by uh, Cincinnati. They had to have seen all of this on film, and the Packers had the guys to do it. But yeah, as soon as the Bears got down 14-0, the Packers showed even less respect for the running game. Yeah. And, it got, and it got out of control. It got completely out of hand. And the Bears weren't able to start making some gains on the ground Um, until late in the second quarter, and they put together that touchdown drive and then got the opening kickoff, and that was the second point where the Bears most likely, I would say, lost the game because they had a chance, if they scored with that opening possession of the second half, to go to 21-14 and and make it somewhat of a game again, especially for us, considering that we took the big points, but they they couldn't do anything with it, and the Packers uh, ran away from them. And then after that uh, hit on... Devontae Adams that seemed to put some more life into the Packers and they were, they, they, you could really sense that they were going after it a little bit harder after that, even still in a game that they won in, in fairly breezy fashion. Anyways.
0: And that KO shot on Adams by Trevathan it is one of the more sickening uh, shots that I've ever seen on TV. You were there yeah. live to see it. You saw how sickening it was. It was yeah. sickening just as sickening on TV. Uh, Not smart play by Trevathan, obviously, uh, a dirty play. guy was already wrapped up and going to the ground and Javathan just, uh, just decides to run in and smack him as hard as he can with his helmet. And like you said, the mouthpiece goes flying. And uh, the guy, yeah. is you, you, he's got the two X's in his eyes before he hits the ground, like on a cartoon or something. And yeah, all the players immediately look at the sideline and start waving their arms on both teams are looking at the sideline going, uh, y'all need to come over and get your mans. Y'all right now, y'all need to come get him right now. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers is all fired up wanting to you know, fight Danny Trevathan. It was, you know, understandable because of that shot. That that was just completely uncalled for. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I was sitting there thinking that I was seeing like a a, a life altering injury yeah. and hopefully not a life ending injury because that's exactly how severe it looked. The guy was completely knocked out before he even hit the ground, like you said. And uh, yeah, you Trevathan got the two game suspension, and you're absolutely uh, deserves that, and and maybe even more, because that was totally uncalled for.
1: Yeah, exactly the thing that the NFL does not want. Yes. Yeah, with with all of the talk about the CTE and the dangerous of the dangerousness of the sport, and you know, our our high school that we went to can't even field enough players in a in a school of over three thousand students. They had to cancel their football season because they can't even field. A twenty-two man squad. That that doesn't well, uh, that doesn't bode well.
0: It's a magnet school, which means they're they're testing and they're drawing kids from all over the city and, and getting only the best. <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> that's basically cut to the chase. They they got a lot of smart kids in that school, and not a lot of kids that need to bash their brains around uh, to get ahead in life. They they got a lot of kids that know how to. Uh, to do things in the classroom and, and don't have to rely on football. So no surprise that they came up with uh, not enough
1: players to field the team at uh, Whitney yeah. Young in but, Chicago. Yeah. 3,000 to 30, it was 32, 3,32, 30, 32, 3,300 kids would go in there when we went there. They can't find 22 to play, to play football. Uh, that's, that's, that's something. Although when we were there and they, the ones they did find weren't very good at it anyways. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, we had a notoriously bad football team when uh, we were in high school
0: so uh, all the stuff that happened during that bears packers game and in the middle of all of that drops a big old lightning delay
1: yeah yeah i was and that was totally unexpected unexpected there was no bad weather in the weather forecast at all uh my buddy is sitting next to me and about halfway through the first quarter he's like i think i saw lightning i'm like no maybe it was just a plane you know like the we're by the we're by the airport there so it's like maybe it was just the lights blinking on a plane and then another few minutes go by and then i was like oh wait i think i saw a flash and then it just kept getting closer and brighter and then right at the end of the first quarter all you know they give us the announcement about the lightning delay and all of us get down we crowd into the uh concourse area underneath where we were sitting but it was still fairly open on the ends and it was interesting when the big wind hit with all the rain you know the sideways rain and it was blowing all the people's concessions that they left in their seats oh. area it was blowing them all over the side of the stadium wow so that's that was it was just a big it was just a big quick little thunderstorm cell but it was enough that we ended up basically with a, about a 45 minute weather delay and I was thinking I was, I was I had shades of the Super Bowl with the power outage that that was going to be the thing that kind of took away the Packers' momentum, and then the Bears would be able to come back. But no, it was it was the Bears.
0: They they still send Mike Glennon out there after that instead of yeah. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Not that Trubisky would have done any better, but I was so, I was ready to see Trubisky at
1: that point. There was we both lost the pick, uh, but one of us had that as their lock of the week. Yeah, uh, you, as you
0: can see on the soundboard, since you're there, there's so many different things that I could choose to, to <laughs> signify uh, how oh, bad yeah. of a move that was, <laughs> make that the lock of the week. There's yeah, there, yeah, I deserve all of them, work. too. I deserve, no, I deserve that one, I deserve this one, it's just... Uh, Total fail by me. As uh, soon as I get up on locks on you, I have to immediately piss it away. And I said I was doing that as I was making that pick, so it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody.
1: But uh, yeah, so now nothing, the trick for uh, me is to uh, the trick for me now is to uh, get a lock back on you here and try to make up some games.
0: That's right. Nothing for me to do but try to get back on the horse and and try not to let that affect me. Rest of week four picks coming up after I let you know that you're listening live to blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail to listen to this show as a podcast. You would get this hour-long live version and whatever after show that we do after that. You can come back to this live show page and check out the archives maybe an hour or so after the live show goes off the air. Or you can go to your Apple device and subscribe on iTunes. Or you can subscribe on the TuneIn mobile app or Mixcloud or player.fm or Blueberry or subscribe by email dot com. Uh, you can send us messages through email. You send that to in much less detail at gmail.com. Send us a tweet. I'm at imldre. Jason is at imldjtg. And about an hour and twenty minutes or so after the live show is over, our picks will be up on our blog and the blog site is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. And with all of that it's time for me to get that bad taste out of my mouth of that thursday night game and move on to the rest of week four in the nfl got three highlight games we're looking at this week we're going to start in big d because the la rams have earned their way to be highlighted it's a very curious week in the nfl we talked last show about the fact that there's 16 teams that are two and one right now so there's a lot to choose from who to believe, who not to believe, who's hot, who's not. Uh, and both of the games featuring the two and 3-0 teams, we actually didn't feel all that compelled to to highlight them. We'll get to those 3-0 teams as the season wears on, I'm sure. But uh, three of the 2-1 battles uh, we've decided to pick out to highlight. We're going to start in Dallas where the Los Angeles Rams and Jared Goff, speaking of heckle and jide, will meet the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott speaking of heckle and jive a lot of themes there as far as these two-on-one teams teams that are consistently inconsistent that have put together two decent wins and one really bad loss uh so these two not any different the rams want to know on the road the cowboys want to know at home somebody alert the authorities in dallas get the defibrillators ready for all of the fans in dallas texas because I hate to be the one to bear bad news, but I must inform you that it looks like Sean Lee is not going to play for the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow. I know, I know it's shocking. You have to be strong. You just have to be strong. You have to carry on. The Cowboys are going to play the game anyway, even though the great Sean Lee is not going to play for them. So they're going to carry on. You just have to carry on with them. Uh, The Rams are six point underdogs, even though Sean Lee won't be playing uh, at, Dallas, LA plus six at Dallas. Jason, who you
1: got? Oh, if Sean Lee was playing, it would be Cowboys minus 16 because I think Chris (laughs) Collinsworth, that's the line in Vegas.
0: If he did, it would be at least 16.
1: Yeah, Yeah, the devil's in the details here, I think, with these two teams, Uh, you know, going through, yes, I'm about to say it, the numbers, uh, but but looking at the raw numbers for these teams, the Rams, even though they've had two impressive offensive wins, defensively are very suspect. Uh, They give up a lot in the air, and they have one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. I don't think that spells well for them going up against a team in Dallas that just got thoroughly embarrassed by the Denver Broncos. I mean, does the Broncos put one of those whoopings on the Cowboys that if you have any pride You know, we used to talk about the Seahawks getting these losses, and then they would just go back home and just throttle somebody. I'm I'm getting that sense from the uh, way that the Cowboys lost to the Broncos that they are ready to, they're just chomping at the bit to get back at it, and just go put one on somebody. Um, So I, you know, as much as the offense has been impressive for the Rams, I'm not too impressed with what I am seeing numbers-wise from their defense. They're giving up your favorite stat. Uh, They're giving up over eight yards per attempt through the air. They have the fourth worst rushing defense in the league. Does not bode well. Only getting six feels like a bit of a value pick here. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Cowboys, give the six, and uh, hopefully ride on to a victory here.
0: So it is uh, something to make you take pause when you think about 10 days after posting 41 points uh, against the 49ers that Jared Goff and the Rams with that extra rest uh, gets to go down and take on that Dallas secondary on short rest. By the way, weird scheduling quirk. Both of those teams that had that Thursday night game uh, a week ago, the Rams uh, and the 49ers, who put up all those points, 80 combined uh, points between those two teams, they both got extra long rest, and going into a sunday game both against opponents that played on monday night uh in in week three so they get the extra short rest and i I don't have the uh, ability to go back and research that uh teams i get the the 10 days playing against teams i get the six days that's kind of rare that that happens but it's happening twice this week and i gotta give a little bit of weight to that i know rest is relative especially this early in the season and maybe people aren't quite that beat up maybe shouldn't it shouldn't make that much of a difference but i still think it makes a a difference uh, when you talk about playing nfl football you need as many days to recover as you can get so uh, dallas getting shorter rest la getting longer rest uh is jared goff going to have the success that he had uh, against the 49ers with that extra long rest uh it's interesting when you looked at uh the monday uh, or the thursday night game that we just saw that you just saw live in green bay you saw a guy in mr bisky standing there on the sideline uh jared Goff got put into a terrible situation by his coaching staff in his rookie year uh jeff fisher just kind of threw him out there didn't just throw him out there looking like he was unprepared he threw him out there we talked about it when it happened with like the worst possible schedule you would want a kid to have. Uh, you know, I think he debuted at Seattle or something crazy like that. Uh, just a rough, rough time of it. I'm looking at Mitch Trubisky going, I kind of want him to go. I see both sides. I kind of want him to get put in because you're, uh, 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 uh Mike Glennon is trash and I've been saying he's trash, but I also see the value of maybe holding him back and letting him sort of watch things as they develop and learn on the sideline before you throw them right there into the fire so now here's jared goff thrown into the fire last year looking terrible and comes out this year with a new coaching staff completely new coordinators new game plan new playbook uh, looking much much better than he did last year so was it the coaching was it getting that experience uh all the above whatever the 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 formula may be. Jared Goff certainly looks a lot better at quarterback than he did last year. And at times has looked even better than the guy across from him, Dak Prescott. Uh we you talked a little bit about the Rams averaging so much through the air right now per pass attempt. The, the nine that the Falcons were doing last year, we'd never seen that through a whole season, but at the moment through only three games, it's a very small sample size, but the Rams are at 10.3 yards for a pass attempt. That's ludicrous. It's not, a, Of course, it's not going to keep up through the whole season, but you can't deny right now, Jared Goff and the Rams have a potent passing game. I never thought I'd say that. So I'm, I'm giving him the credit for that. Uh, the little credit that I might want to give him, I have to actually admit that, that he's looking pretty good. And I'm going to take the Rams. And I'm going to take the six points. Uh, although I'm going to watch DeMarcus Lawrence against Andrew Whitworth uh, as a matchup that Lawrence has been on fire, just dominating. So I'm a little afraid if he gets off, if he just starts beating up Whitworth and getting to the quarterback, uh, the Cowboys will have a, a very good chance. But Whitworth has been so good. Um, I'm going to watch that matchup very closely. Uh, but I think the Rams are going to hang in there and, and compete with the Cowboys, so I will take L.A. and the six points.
1: Yeah, yeah you know, I to, hate to talk a little bit more about that game on Thursday night. I was surprised, because you bring up Mitch Trubisky, that we didn't get to see him at all. That would have been a soft landing and a blowout to at least just get him out there and get his feet wet. Uh, it made It didn't make sense to me. At that point, I wanted to see him play. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm not even a Bears fan. Although I felt bad for the, there was a guy there wearing a Trubisky jersey. I'm like, really? All in, Yo, baby. If, if you would, if you just wait two years, they'll be half price, dude.
0: Oh, it's probably Ryan Pace's brother or somebody uh, very closely <laughs> related to him. all in. I saw somebody locked
1: right in with, with the ten Bears jersey, and I was like, okay, there haven't been a lot of great number tens in Bears history. Uh, I don't. Was that Peter? Was that PT Willis? Was he number ten? God. But you know, <laughs> was it was Henry so. Burris? Was Henry ten? Oh, oh, I don't
0: know. I don't remember. I've, I've blocked I saw all Henry t- Burris football out of my head.
1: head. But I saw the ten, and I was like, "Really, a Trubisky?" And I saw the the back turn, and it said, "You know, I saw the, saw the Trubisky." I was like, "Wow, seriously, guy, you are all in." The guy hasn't even taken an NFL snap yet. Good job. It's Bears quarterback. I hope it was his brother. I hope it was his brother.
0: Moving on to our second highlight game. Uh, speaking of the NFC North, the other two teams will do battle, not on Thursday but on Sunday, on tomorrow. And it's the 2-1 Lions and the 2-1 Vikings doing battle up in Minneapolis. More Case Keenum on the docket for the Minnesota Vikings once again Sam Bradford will miss that game. Guess what ESPN's Pigskin Pick 'em preview of this game had to say. Their listeners, their fans. Hey ESPN guys, how you doing? Good to see you, good to hear from you. Guess what they had to say about Case Keenum in this game? Uh something along I didn't keep it, I didn't keep the page up, but something along the lines of The drop-off between Case Keenum and Sam Bradford doesn't seem to be very big after Case Keenum put up 350-whatever yards uh, last week. They're listening. They know. It's not that big. I'm telling you all. It's really not that big a drop-off. For the Lions, uh, they're going to get their middle linebacker back, Gerard Davis. That's important. Uh, Kenny Galladay, the hotshot wide receiver from week one, uh, is not expected to play, however. Uh, so the Lions and the Vikings, Detroit is a two and a half point underdog going into Minnesota. So just a hair shy of that three point cop out line, a little bit of love being given to the Lions. And I'm sure that's trying not to believe in Case Keenum and trying to believe that missing Sam Bradford is this great, huge loss that the that the Vikings have undergone. I'll tell you what, you go ask uh, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and to a man, I, I think they'll tell you. It's not that big of a loss. It's really not that big a deal. The Vikings are third in the league in passing right now, yards per game. The Minnesota Vikings are third in the league. That is just incredible. So uh, I love all these early season stats when you look at guys and what they're doing after three, four weeks. Got you know teams that are in positions that you never would have thought and players that are in position that you never would have thought. It's, it's always fun to watch. The Minnesota offense is hot. I think you got to keep riding it. I'm not going to even break it down too much farther than that. I I like the Vikings. I like them big. I think they're on a roll. I think they're hot. And I think the defense is a quality defense, Uh, despite uh, some yardage early on this season. I think they're still going to be good enough to to hold off the, the, the Detroit Lions. Uh, who I'm sure they'll have a late rally because that's what Matthew Stafford does. But I think the Vikings are going to get a big lead. I think they're going to keep bombing away and keep using Stephon Diggs as a a great long distance target, what they've been doing all year, whether it's Bradford or Keenum uh, and using Adam Thielen as a great mid range target in those out routes and those 15 yards uh, in routes, cut routes, whatever the, the possession that they need to keep the chains moving while they look for the big home run with Stephon Diggs and I continue to say that it's a big time draft pick to get Dalvin Cook as the running back in there because he is providing stability in the run game Uh, you don't have to hit home runs all the time you just have to be consistent you just have to do more than the uh, the three yards in the cloud of dust that your boy Ty Montgomery does that you bag on him all the time about Dalvin Cook is doing a little better than that Um, So I am right now, not for the whole season, but right now I'm in love with the Vikings. I'm all over the Vikings. I'll be glad to give two and
1: a half. Wow, that's some high praise. I absolutely concur with you on the pick. Uh, I do think that the Minnesota Vikings right now are the better team. I think what we saw last week, guess what? Hey, hey, guess what? The, The Detroit Lions played a good team last week, a team with a winning record, and they lost. Uh, yes, they oh. got stopped half a yard short from winning the game, but that's not the point. They didn't do it. <laughs> they didn't win the game. The Detroit Lions can't beat good teams. This is a problem that goes back to last year when they basically were paper champions. You know, they were bumslayers last year. The Minnesota Vikings are most certainly not bums, and. You know, the thing that we've complained about, or at least that I know I've complained about a lot with Sam Bradford and his wide receivers is that they get no separation. And there it is in the numbers. Your boy, uh, I mean, not Sam Bradford, uh, Matt Stafford, I'm sorry. Your boy, Matthew Stafford, the highest paid quarterback in the NFL through three games, 6.3 yards per attempt. Really? Really? Mm -hmm. That's, That's the best that you can do? That's the best in the league, 219 yards per game through the air. Yee. Minnesota Vikings are not the team that you want to be playing with if you can't get separation from your wide receivers. They will cover you, and they will come get you. And they're at home, and they looked mighty impressive last week at home. They get the Lions to come into the the new stadium up there in Minnesota, what, second year? I think they're in there now, second or third year. They really like playing in that building uh I am definitely all over the Vikings here. I'm not in love with this Detroit team. I know they were they were hot shit um after basically beating two fairly weak opponents and then uh after that loss to Atlanta, I think we I think they follow that up here by going on the road and fight, fight facing a very good Viking squad. And we know that the Detroit Lions don't match up against teams where you have good in the description. <laughs>
0: Not the Bum You're not going with the Bum this time.
1: Uh, no, but man, 6.3 yards per attempt, that's paltry.
0: It really is. The
1: 49ers are averaging <laughs> 6.3 yards per attempt.
0: As you point out, if you're talking about Golden Tate and Marvin Jones getting a lot of separation and, and yeah. getting a lot of chunk plays, that, just, that hasn't ever happened and it's probably never going to happen. Uh, so absolutely with that. Uh, pro football focus that uh, Vikings got two new offensive tackles uh, in the offseason, Riley Reef and Mike Rimmers. They've allowed zero sacks and zero hits on whoever the quarterback happens to be for the Vikings uh, for these three games this season. There's only two teams in the league that haven't allowed a sack by their offensive tackles all year. The Vikings is one, Tennessee is the other. And with the sort of increased importance, it seems, on – pass rushing, getting around the corner, getting pressure on quarterbacks, making sure those high-octane offenses don't have the time to do what they need to do. It seems to be maybe as important as ever to have really good protection. In addition to everything else they're doing, the Vikings have really good protection. That's probably why uh, they're able to do what they're doing.
1: Yeah, you were, you watched uh, the highlights last week. Case Keenum was able to get the ball downfield. That's something that we I would actually going back to Thursday night again to put a little bow on that. That was still the thing that you couldn't see out of that Packers offense. If Aaron Rodgers held onto the ball for any length of time, he was in trouble. Mm-hmm. And it was just that you know quick release, uh, not a lot of stuff going downfield. And there, all of a sudden, you see the Vikings. You watched all those highlights of them last week playing against Tampa. A lot of deep balls, great protection. It makes a difference when you have a, a decent O-line, doesn't it? You make Case Keesum look good.
0: Or Sam Bradford. Yeah. <laughs> and there's not much of a difference, I'm telling you. Our third highlight game is going to be the Oakland Raiders and the Denver Broncos, and this should be the main event of the weekend. Should be a great game. Both teams started out 2-0. Everyone's singing their praises. Both teams stumbled in Week 3. Both have to lick their wounds and come back up, but one of them will be at home. The Broncos back home uh, hosting the Oakland Raiders. Both of the Broncos' wins have been at home. Both of Trevor Simeon's good performances have been at home. That game last week, not a good performance, but again, back at home. And I think the public knows that it's a a much different team when they're back at home because the Raiders are three-point underdogs. The old cop outline, Oakland plus three at Denver. Jason, what's your pick?
1: This is a tough spot, as Dallas found out last week going into Mile High. Uh, that Denver offense has been much more explosive. Trevor Simeon looks solid. I mean, we weren't so sure about the the Trevor Simeon experience, but when you've got probably the best defense in the league behind you and uh, a good running game, and he has excellent skill position players around him. He has, you know, he has Manuel Sanders. He has Tabarius Thomas. He has very solid wideouts. He has C.J. Anderson. That team is it has got to be looked at as, I won't necessarily say a, a Super Bowl team, but that's a team that is poised if they continue to stay healthy and they can move the ball with Trevor Simeon. If he keeps the confidence, a team that we possibly maybe underrated a little bit going into the season. I know if definitely I may have. Uh, I have. I did not expect this. What I did expect, and why I'm not going to pick the Oakland Raiders this, in this game, is that if the Raiders are not able to get Marshawn Lynch or Jalen Richard to get that ground game going, I don't know how how much I'm going to expect out of Derek Carr to moving the ball into that secondary. Uh, Denver Broncos are giving up virtually nothing on the ground so far this season, uh, 2.6 yards per attempt from their for, you know against that is minuscule that's time Montgomery numbers and we know what that gets you <laughs> that's not a very good ground game so I like the Denver Broncos on the strength of that defense and I think they can do just a, I think they can do enough on offense I, I don't even know if this is going to be a shootout uh, I'm not sure what to make of Oakland did you catch any of the reports I don't know if they're true or not but there was some some Mutterings this week that the uh, offensive line for the Raiders might not have been too proud of the fact that Derek Carr stood on the uh, sidelines and actually held his hand over his heart during the anthem, and that they may have allowed him to take a little beating and against Washington.
0: Oh no, I didn't hear that. I'm glad yeah, I didn't do, hear that because that's
1: do, that's awful. <laughs> do a little do a little digging because it's 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 been a news item, but it hasn't been like a top news item. Um, but from what I've gathered when I saw that, and then I did a little bit of digging, is that the NFL's looking at it, um, but they're not making this a big news story, which they don't want to. Uh, I, I think that they are doing their cursory glance at it, just hoping and praying that this doesn't actually catch wind or become newsworthy at all. But it, it would definitely explain a great many things about the quality of play we got out of the Raiders last week, but I don't know the you know, the veracity of the claim, you know, I don't know if this is, you know, fake news, or if this is just something that was being slid out there, or if this is somebody making excuses for how bad the Raiders played, but just the fact that a story can even be manufactured like that, even if there's a tiniest little bit of truth behind it, it tells me that maybe there's not, maybe there may, maybe there's a little bit of, a, you know, turmoil in that locker room. Even if that's ten percent true, that's unacceptable. Um, so I, I'm going to keep my eye on that one. I'm going to do do my digging on that one and keep the radar up on that one. That 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 could be ugly and juicy and uh, you know just kind of sad all at the same time. So I want to see what that's all about. Well, let's see how uh, how many times Derek Carr gets sacked on Sunday.
0: Against it's Von 14, Miller and the Broncos, if it's, for, if it's, for,
1: if it's fourteen sacks, I'm going to start to <laughs> wonder.
0: I'll start to wonder if it's fourteen sacks. I mean, come on. Uh, but until then, no that doesn't that doesn't sound like something I would think is legitimate. Uh, for having not heard anything about it on the surface, the reason I would think that that's uh, fake news is because you and I both know a little bit about Jack Del Rio. We remember him as a Vikings linebacker, hard-nosed, uh, kick-ass, doesn't take any shit from anybody, been the same way as a coach. Don't you think if Jack Del Rio knew about something like that that there would be hell to pay and we wouldn't see half of those guys on the field anymore? So uh, until something like that happens, I tend to think that that's just something that some Ted Nugent website or something made up and then tried to, you know put a bad light on those guys. But anyway, uh, onto the game itself. Um, I will concur with you and take the the Broncos and give the three points. As I said, Simeon's back at home. He seems to be a different quarterback at home than on the road, but probably more important than that is, of course, the fact that Michael Crabtree uh, had been game-time decision all week with a chest injury, and now looks like he's doubtful to play that game. I've talked about how important Crabtree is to the uh, Raiders offense and if he's not out there uh, if you have the mentality of I guess like a fantasy player you think oh wow Amari Cooper is going to have 15 targets now and and he's really going to be the man well he's playing against the no-fly zone and I don't think it's going to be that big of a day for Amari Cooper I think they're going to be able to him him in uh, and and let whoever else is on that Raiders wide receiver core do whatever they want to do quick name two Raiders wide receivers other than crabtree and amari cooper. Um, and besides that cooper hasn't been playing that well this year anyway. He's Got some drop season and there's been some talk about that. I, now those I've been reading about is Seth, uh, amari Seth Roberts or Andre is Roberts? Roberts is he still around? Is that uh, is it Seth all,
1: or the Roberts, Andre? all the Roberts
0: All the Roberts guys matter, are still it doesn't matter. I
1: think I've realized um, it doesn't matter which one it is.
0: It doesn't matter. The Broncos defense is still one of the best uh, in football. <laughs> And correct. It doesn't matter what what receivers are running around out there for the, the Raiders. If Crabtree's not one of them and not able to take that attention away from Amari Cooper, then it, to me, it, it smells like a bad day, a long day for uh, Derek Carr, no matter what the blocking scheme may be, no matter what that situation is. That's the run defense that just sewed up Zeke Elliott, as you said, against that. Uh, that game against the Cowboys, that Denver looked so impressive. Uh, so I don't think Beast Mode and and the rest of the uh, Raiders running backs going to come in and do much uh, do much damage as well. Um, I'm going to take the Broncos and, and expect them to have a big performance here uh, against the Oakland Raiders.
1: Oh well. Okay, a little not not so much drama here. uh, Here it is quickly. There's apparently this this is this is where that little underbelly of that story is. There's a a a California radio show um, that's insisting that the Raiders tanked, uh, line tanked on Monday night, and uh, here's they they said they mined a quote from a Raiders guard, offensive guard, probably on the condition of anonymity because nobody has balls anymore. Uh, speaking about Carr, but here is the quote that they sourced, and the quote is: "If he wants to stand alone, he can stand alone on the field." Okay, uh, so that's where that's that's the quote that is starting this. But yeah, I, I I found this in a minimal amount of time of looking, and I saw I actually saw it on Google, and it was like the third or fourth down in the sports. And it was gone right away, but it was one of those, like, whoa, what's that? You know, because I love, I love the, you know, I love the tinfoil hat stuff. So (laughs) when I saw something like that, you know, I was like, okay, all right, we'll see. So it's just, it's, it's, it's really minor at this point, but you don't hear this about any of the other teams. You didn't hear about Joe Flacco's line or, you know, (laughs) for that performance that they had over in London. So it, it was just interesting to, uh. To, to see that that's even being tossed around as an option.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time a radio station made up a quote to try to get some publicity, no. and like I said, I'm the my, my first snap reaction to it is until I hear Jack Del Rio reference it or I, I see some guys not playing that usually are playing, I'm going to chalk that up as, as nothing to, to think about. Yeah. No. Uh, that, yeah, that, that, is, that does sound like some tinfoil hat stuff. All right, on to the rest of week four in even more, less detail. We're going back overseas to England for the Saints and the Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins have yet to find their, their home. This is a home date that got taken away from them by the NFL. Their first home date got taken away from them by weather. So they're going to go into the month of October still having not played an actual home game. Uh the Saints at 1-2 and two, uh, are three-point favorites overseas uh, against the 1-1 one one
1: Dolphins. Yeah, this isn't really a home game. This isn't like they're comfortable at home like the Jaguars are comfortable at home in London. Uh, I'm going to go ahead in the game here and take the Saints. I don't particularly like it because I don't like the Saints at all, but eh, whatever. It, it's a game. we got to pick it.
0: Uh, I'll take the dolphins. It's a game and we got to pick them. And I'm guessing that, uh, Jay Ajay coming back home to London will probably have a big game because he wants to perform in front of his, uh, the home crowd. And, uh, I think Jay Cutler just got to be better against uh, the pressure. He's he was so terrible last week because he was getting hurried. Part it was partially partially because he was getting hurried, and the Saints aren't going to really hurry him. So I think he's going to have a nice day in the pocket there. And uh, they found Lawrence Timmons by the way. The Dolphins actually will have no, Lawrence it, Timmons it, back out there. He's real. He, he exists. Yes, he, he wandered back from wherever desert he wandered into, and and they were able to bring him back. And now they're going to uh, have him back on the field. So that's good news for Miami. Uh, onto the stateside action on Sunday, Buffalo and Atlanta. This is one of those games with uh, a three and O team facing a two and one team that I just I didn't want to really highlight and talk about. The Bills are—I don't know how they're two and one, but they are—and I don't know really how much to break them down. And the public doesn't think much of them either because they are eight-point underdogs down in Atlanta.
1: The Bills have been playing some strong defense, and then they that that win that they had last week, I don't think anybody was really expecting that level of production from the offense that you ended up getting, because that's Tyrod Taylor and guys, and and they were moving the ball. Atlanta is next level fast when you get them on the turf and in that new home stadium of theirs, and we saw that against the Packers. I think this is a a, a Falcons uh, double-digit victory here. I'm going to give all the eight.
0: Stunningly, this is the best defense Atlanta's going to see this year uh, because they finally get to leave the uh, NFC Central alone. They started with Chicago and Green Bay and uh, Detroit. Uh, they haven't played the one good, decent defense in that division yet, the, the Vikings. So Buffalo's going to be the best D Atlanta's faced. Uh, the Bills have not allowed a pass touchdown this year yet in three games. So they're definitely to it with end. defense. I say it ends with four. I say Matt Ryan gets four touchdowns and the Falcons blow the uh, Bills' doors off. I don't think that's going to hold up at all. Uh, Cincinnati and Cleveland in the Battle of Ohio. Something's got to give. They're both 0 and three. Uh, you would assume one is going to win a game, but with their luck, it'll probably be a tie. Uh, in any event, the Bengals give three. They are three point favorites at the o and three Cleveland Browns.
1: This 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 is the perfect game to just have a push. This might be 3 nothing Cincinnati. That might be your final. I hate this game. Uh, I'm going to take the Bengals. They get, the, they get their nasty back. They get Vontez Berfick back. They'll probably get a good solid half of them before he punches someone in the groin or spears <laughs> somebody. So that's probably going to be enough for them to cover the three here. I'll take Cincinnati.
0: Could be some very awful football played in that game. But at least one of the teams is not playing a rookie quarterback playing that awful football. So I will predict a rare good game out of Andy Dalton and I will agree with you and take the Bengals and give the three points and thank God I don't have to watch a second of that game. The Steelers and the Ravens are usually good violent fun but didn't want to really break this one down either just probably going to be low scoring probably going to be kind of ugly. Uh, They're both two and one uh, not exactly playing great football uh, certainly not in week three anyway. Uh, Pittsburgh, of course, the Steelers always popular, getting the love. They are three-point favorites, giving three points at the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens here just straight up. Uh, defensively, I think that they're the better team. Uh, I- I'm interested to see what kind of a bounce back that we get from the Steelers after laying that egg in Chicago last week, and also the bounce back that we get from the embarrassment laid upon the Baltimore Ravers who swore after the game they are never going back to London. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, wow, that, that's declarative. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Ravens here. This should be fun. should be nasty. Good old AFC Central, AFC North football. Uh, Got to love it. They, these two teams hate each other. They're They always put on a good show.
0: Yeah, they do. I- imagine, though, Baltimore returning from laying that turd over in London to perform and have a good game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now that, that would be so Ravens,
1: you have to admit. Of course. It would be so Ravens if they just win the game, like I think they're going to.
0: You got more more stones than I do. I'm taking the Steelers and giving the three. I can't trust Joe Flacco the way he's looking right now, not even for a second. I know the Steelers don't look that good either, but God, <laughs> I don't know what's like. I assume he's still hurt and, and not telling anybody or something. But yeah, I'll I'll have to go with Pittsburgh. Here's a they need to start playing well, and I think there's a, a the type of game that they're going to do it because you know they're going to be focused in because they're playing their hated rival, the Ravens. So uh, I will go with Pitt and give it a three. The Jags and the Jets are another game that nobody needs to watch. Uh, two and one, Jacksonville. They will give three and a hook three and a half points on the road at the one and two New York Jets.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It'd be nice if we could talk a little bit more about, give some more praise to the Jaguars. Last time we got, you know, we gave praise to the Jaguars. They went out and laid a total egg. So it's good that we didn't talk too glowingly about that 44 to seven that They put up on Baltimore. I think Baltimore just didn't show up. However, the Jets, oh God, the Jets, they're the worst team in football possibly. Give me the Jaguars here. Um, that that defense should be good enough to beat a woeful Jets team.
0: I was talking a little bit earlier about the two Monday night teams having a short week playing against the two teams that have the extra long week. That seems to be a big disadvantage. I'm looking at both of the teams that were in London and it used to be a thing that you got that week off after you played in London and more and more teams are are. I think declining to take that. I think you have the, the sort of have the option if you want to get that scheduled in. But both teams that were in London last week are coming right back and playing this week. Uh, I couldn't go with the Ravens because of how bad they looked and with the travel. Uh, now we got the uh, Jaguars – or uh, not the Jaguars. Uh, where am I? I, I lost my play. Jaguars
1: and the Jets. Uh,
0: okay, yeah. Uh, coming back over uh, – that was the Jaguars that beat the Ravens last week in London. It right? was.
1: That's right. Okay. This was last week.
0: So I, I thought about not taking the Jaguars, and then I thought about the Jets, and I said, no, I don't think I can trust Jake McCrown to have another great game. I, I think the Jags' defense should feast on him. And uh, it, it's interesting that the defenses are coming for Leonard Fournette. Uh, they know he's going to run the ball mostly, and they're trying to stack up against him, and I'm sure the Jets will be no different, but I think Fournette is, is hanging in there, he's holding his own, he's not, you know, busting off 50-yard runs like Kareem Hunt, but I think he's still playing steady right now, uh, and I'm going to say that the Jags do not have a hangover coming from London, even though they're on the short, or, or on the week right after London, and they're on the road, but I'm still going to agree with you and take the Jaguars and give the three and a half. Uh, the Titans and the Texans, in an AFC South battle, which should be another low-scoring affair. Uh, Tennessee at two and one is the favorite. They give two and a half points at Deshaun Watson and the one and two Houston Texans.
1: I liked what I saw of the Houston Texans last week. A little coming of age, almost beating the Patriots up in Foxborough. Should have beaten the Patriots up in Foxborough. Um, I think they're fired up here. Hated, hated, hated division rivalry. Hated division foe. I'm going to go ahead. And I'm going to take the Texans as the home dog. Okay.
0: Mm. Well, that's the big question uh, of the week. Can Deshaun Watson keep it going after that breakout game at New England? I think that's one of the biggest – to me, it's one of the biggest questions of the week because, of course, I picked the Texans uh, to win the AFC. So if he can keep it up against a, a, a decent quality defense like the Titans, which the Patriots – right now, that's not a quality defense. Uh, but if he can keep it up, that'll be a big sign uh, in the favor of Houston. Uh, I'm going to go with the Texans and agree with you. Mariota, because of uh, injuries, has only played the Houston defense once in his two-year career. It didn't go so well. It was week four last week, uh, last year at Houston, 13 of 29 for 202 yards and an interception. Um, I can see a, a performance, something similar to that as, uh, in this game in a low-scoring affair. I will take Houston as well. Speaking of those Patriots, they are at home hosting Carolina. Here's another team that's two and one. I don't know how they're doing it, but Cam Newton and the Panthers are indeed two and one. And for all of that, they are nine point underdogs at Tom Brady and the two and one New England Patriots.
1: I'm taking the (laughs) Patriots. You can lock that thing up. I'm not taking Carolina with Cam Newton banged up and injured like he is, even though they won't admit it. He's a missing wide open guys. They lost. They only scored 13 points on the Saints defense. They might get shut out by New England in Foxborough. I'm taking the Patriots here. Squish, lock it up.
0: And not only that, but you talk about the the wrong quarterback and the wrong team you want to face when you're having defensive back issues, but Carolina will not have Daryl Worley, one of their starting cornerbacks. Uh, That doesn't bode well for the Panthers. Um, I will agree with you and take Tom Brady and the Patriots. I'm not, although I'm concerned, as of course, we know the way to compete with New England is to beat them around, to beat Tom Brady around, and the Carolina defense can do that. So that's the only real one concern I have. So I, prob- I probably wouldn't have locked it up even if I had the lock available, but I can see your, your confidence. I certainly understand it. Uh, Philadelphia and the Chargers, as we get to the late afternoon action, is, are are the, the Los Angeles Chargers going to win a game in that soccer stadium? Because they haven't done it yet. They are 0-2 at home and 0-3 on the season. And yet, the 2-1 Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz, apparently no one believes in them yet because they are two-point underdogs at the soccer stadium at Phillip Rivers and the Chargers.
1: Well, I do believe that the Chargers are going to get a win, and I do believe they're going to get it here. I didn't expect the line to be in their favor. I made the pick before I saw the line. That was my thing this week, is I picked all the games. Then I looked at the lines, because I didn't want to be influenced by the number. I wanted to go with what I thought I was feeling strongly about. I felt strongly that the Chargers are primed to get their first win. We're going to get one of those good Phillips Rivers games here. Philadelphia going cross-country. Give me the Chargers, and I'll give the two.
0: And I will add on to that with the fact that the Eagles have a lot of injuries. Some of these teams are already getting really beat up. We know about Darren Sproles, and we got a lot of defensive guys that will not be there for the Eagles tomorrow. Fletcher Cox, Ronald Darby, Corey Graham, Jordan Hicks may suit up, he may not, but that's a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball that will be missing for the Eagles. I will concur and take the Chargers as well. The Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New York at 0-3, despite having a, a, a finally a good quarter of football last week, but they still fall short. Uh, they are three-point underdogs, only the cop-out line, Giants plus three at the 1-1 one one Buccaneers
1: if the if the giants the giants couldn't save their season last week even though they desperately tried i think that actually relieves some pressure on them and i would i expect Eli Manning and Odell Beckham to feast on that Tampa Bay secondary i'm um, taking the giants to get their first win here
0: and i will add to the injury list uh, with the buccaneers this is even worse than the eagles Their best tackler, Levante David, out. Their middle linebacker, Quan Alexander, out. Their hard-hitting safety, TJ Ward, out. And their best interior lineman, Gerald McCoy, last week after the game, was walking around in a boot. So whatever he's going to do tomorrow is not going to be very much. Obviously, he's still pretty banged up and pretty injured. Um, I think Odell Beckham being back makes all the difference for the Giants. And you know, I can stand back there and have some time because Tampa in their two games so far this year has all of one sack. I will concur with you and take the Giants. San Francisco and Arizona, not much need to be talked about here. The 0-3 49ers are six-and-a-half point underdogs at the
1: 1-2 Cardinals. Another one of those, we got to pick them because we pick every game type games. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals here. I don't think they're as bad as they've looked the first three weeks uh, I definitely think they are a superior opponent at home in the desert against the 49ers I will give the points uh, I think we're going to get maybe we'll get one of those finally get one of those good all-around games from them that we've been waiting for
0: this is the other game where 10 days after pulsing 39 points the Niners gets Arizona uh, on a short week uh, and Carson Palmer getting murdered back there that was seen to set up for the 49ers but for some reason I concur with I think Arizona's not as bad as they've been playing, and, and I think Brian Hoyer repeating that performance is a long shot, so I will also take the Cardinals and give six and a half. On Sunday night, the biggest spread of the week, always a big spread when Seattle's having a home game. The 1-2 and two Indianapolis Colts with Jack Brisket are 13-point underdogs at the 1-2 and two Seattle Seahawks.
1: Well, we have a saying here in much less detail. You can't cover 13 if you can't score 13. Give me the Colts. I
0: would understand that, but I guess I have a saying I don't trust quarterbacks with not much experience to go on the road at Seattle and do much of anything. This kind of smells like it reminds me of that Bears game a few years ago where they
1: had <laughs> the Jimmy Clausen game? Wow. Jimmy
0: Clausen like attempts no. like no passes because they no. knew <laughs> it wasn't gonna work. Um, so I'm going to take Seattle, I'm going to give all 13 points. And Monday Night Football sees the 2-1 Washington Redskins and the 3-0 Kansas City Chiefs. Washington gets seven points on the road at Kansas City.
1: Yeah, the Washington Redskins, they might hang around for a little while because that's the Chiefs move, and then we'll just get some huge play from Tyreek Hill or Kareem Hunt, and they'll cover the number. Uh, Chiefs are the best team in football right now. I'll take the Chiefs and give the seven.
0: Yep, I don't see the Washington D. stopping the Alex Smith save my career world tour, um, and I will also take Kansas City and give it a seven. More on our after show when we come back. And now into the VIP after show program. I'm. Very happy to see you playing with the the board and getting the timing down and whatnot. That's really cool. It, you're getting the hang of it already. That's, that's great.
1: Yeah, and then did, I don't know if you saw, but we've got a new drop this week. It's a I drop. did not see that. <laughs>
0: That's perfect. We had that in uh, with the Elvis and so now when we were caught That's in a right. trap, we, we got a couple of drops <laughs> from
1: So I figured out uh, I figured out how to drop a put up a music on there. Wow, it's actually like I'm a part of this show.
0: Oh there it is. It's a trap. I see it. Okay.
1: It's yeah. great. And it takes the pressure <laughs> off of you. It's like now I know I've got the lock of the week and hey, I can click it. No, yeah. You don't there have to go forward. I can have it all queued up. I know what my lock is. Exactly. That's so, great. Yeah. Yeah, it's like we've almost got like two producers here going on plus i'm doing this i don't know if did i tell you that i've got like the, the, the like starship enterprise going on down here in my basement now with my uh, my my setup because i've got my uh my computer monitor is my 60 inch big screen now
0: ah i see
1: so i'm so i'm actually sitting like in the middle of of my basement and i've got a little a little uh table set up in front of me with my keyboard and my because i have a wireless mouse and keyboard and I'm just sitting far enough away that the headphones can extend. I don't have the wireless headphones. I'm not that advanced yet. So the headset's still wired into the computer. Uh, but yeah, I'm probably sitting about five, six feet back from the TV. But I'm looking at this just massive uh, this massive screen. So it's nice because I can have like the stats over on one area and I can have the show over. It, it, it's, it's actually pretty cool. You'll have to check this setup out sometime. That sounds like, great. When you're the around thing- these parts.
0: The only thing I do know that I hadn't talked to you about is, I don't know what magic voodoo you've pulled, but I haven't heard the alien voice in a long, long time. So
1: for that, I'm very happy. Yeah. Well, I am completely, uh, I've been completely hardwired here lately, uh, where when I was on the laptop, I was not always hardwired, uh, but I also haven't been on the laptop for the last four or five shows. So it's possible it was something that was going on with the laptop
0: yeah it was something uh every show after about an hour you got that alien voice thing going and it was very very irritating but that has not been happening so whatever computer you're using whatever setup you've been using stick with it please
1: well that won't be a problem i will definitely do that
0: ah so any other interesting things that happened from your uh, adventures thursday night
1: No, I will say uh, it got brutally cold (laughs) after that thunderstorm came through and nobody in that stadium was prepared. I mean, and you'd think that that sounds bad because it's Green Bay.
0: Well, we know Midwestern weather. We know we can go from 80 to 50 in 15 minutes easily.
1: But just just the fact that it wasn't forecast that way, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, what's what's going on here? You know, what, what happened here? and everybody was basically wearing like the light jackets and it got it was in, it was 67 degrees at kickoff we left with about we had started heading back to the car cuz I had to work the next day we started heading back to the car with about 10 minutes left to go in the game the game was over um yeah. there was no drama and we still ended up not getting home until 1:30 i just sent you a picture of the of, of what i'm looking at down here so you can get a you can get a sense of of, of the the size of, of what we're talking about and what I'm looking at here. So, I, mean, I literally like have to turn my head left to right to keep track of what's going on on the screen. Um, but it's pretty cool. I actually like this setup. I don't know why I didn't do this years ago and put my computer just in my basement. Um, I my, I don't keep my wife up all night when she doesn't have to come. Like I told you about, she used to come and give me the, you know, the stink eye. or she's you know right. uh, The greatest show, I think, the, the greatest show moment that we've had was when we had Renard and Cass on that time and you catch my wife yelling for my kids to go to bed in the background. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, she sounded bad. You
1: know, my kids, my kids, uh, back at those days, this is probably a year, year and a half ago. I got, I got to think, um, they were the, the, they were the biggest procrastinators for bedtime. You know that. I mean, how many times have we Mm -hmm. just been sitting there all of a sudden, you know, there's my daughter, you know, on the show, pulling my headphones off so she could talk to you. Um, Yeah, my wife had just had it. She'd been trying to put them to bed, put them to bed. She's mad at me because I'm loud because I'm on a radio show and all I've got are the headphones. And so I don't hear anything that's going on around me. So I'm talking loudly and the kids can hear me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she had had it. That's all I can say that night. That she had really had it. And when that happened, because she was pretty much about five feet away from me when she yelled, that was when the mute button came on. And uh, <laughs> I had some words. <laughs> it was an interesting evening.
0: I'm sure it was. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the picture. It, it, absolutely. The, the Star Wars uh Play uh, PlayStation game and uh, you you got the whole man oh, game yeah, set up dis- down there.
1: Yeah, my, my 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 Disney little my little Disney game there. Yeah, that I've got the little stand there. Yeah, I've got my PlayStation, my Xbox. Yeah, I got all sorts. Of, I got all sorts of goodies there. I actually don't have my. Uh, you can't see it in the picture because he's behind the speaker on the left hand side. I've got my. I still have my Godzilla wearing the Falcon's helmet. <laughs> If you remember that from when I was living in Chicago, I always had. Oh, yeah. I always had. I always had uh, the. Like at Fourth of July, it was Godzilla holding the American flag standing in the front window wearing the Falcons helmet. And I had a Cubs cat for him during for baseball season. That's right. Because I lost that little one. It was one of those little Dairy Queen ones that they used to give you where you'd eat the ice cream out of the Sunday, you know? Oh, yeah. And I had the Cubs one. So it fit perfectly on this like, ancient 1970s Godzilla toy. It's funny because my mom said that she was at a place where they were selling that same toy, and it was going for like $250, this toy that I have wow. from when I was a kid. It's like one of the few toys I have from when I was a kid. Uh, it's like about an 18-inch tall plastic Godzilla, and the, the, the hand would shoot off of it, and, but it does not it's, it's broken. doesn't work anymore. But it, that those little mini helmets that they sell fit perfectly on a Godzilla, so he wears a Falcon's helmet around the house.
0: Yeah, I've seen yeah. Uh, some things through the years that either I used to have, or I know people that used to have them that I, I didn't think anything of them when I had it, but now they're collector's yeah. items. And if you still had that, you could pull it out and sell it for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And it's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah. If I had just never opened up all those toys that I got for Christmas when I was a kid, <laughs> I'd be rich by now. What was and, I and even
0: if, Well, even if you knew Anything about resale value at that age? You're still going to open them because they're toys. Oh, of course, even if you are new.
1: The memories that I have of playing with those toys and now watching my, my like my son playing with because he's my my son loves his little Star Wars toys. They're different now, but they're geared more towards kids. He has these little these little play school ones that are these little Star Wars ones. And him and I, every time it's just me and him home now. The couple days a week that I'm home because my daughter's at school. I gotta get down on the carpet with him, and I gotta play Star Wars with him, and we have to reenact scenes from the movie. And he's he starts shouting out the dialogue from what he sees, and, and yeah, I just totally hate it. You can tell, I just I just hate <laughs> having my kid growing up like that and playing on the carpet. And you know, it's like, wow, this is this is what I was doing, you know, when when mm-hmm. I was like that. So yeah, it's it's fun. But so you got to do it because they just grow up too fast. You you know you haven't seen uh, Trini since we were down there. You you didn't see Trini last time we were down there. We were by ourselves, and right, uh, she's huge. No, every, oh, man, she's, a big, she's a
0: big. Yeah, kid. every time your wife posts a picture, like when she won that certificate at school or whatever, she posts. I'm like, yeah, oh my god, she's yeah, huge.
1: God. I didn't tell you that on the show. Did I say that? Did that get into the show about my daughter? No, she got this, She gets pulled up on stage. Uh, with a bunch of other kids in her class, in her school, you know, like one from each grade, and she's given this certificate. She hasn't. As she gets home. She has no idea why she got it.
0: she, just she gave her a piece she just, of
1: paper. She just got this certificate of recognition for something. And uh, my wife texts her teacher because my wife knows her teacher. She's like, "What did Trini uh-huh. get? What's this for?" Uh, she got it for being student of the month.
0: Oh, congratulations! <laughs> she yeah. had no idea.
1: No idea. She just goes to school. She's so good at school. I mean, uh, when we would pick my daughter up from her daycare. You know, they have this big chart up on the wall where it's like, you know, happy smiley faces and sad faces based on how they were behaving. She never had a sad face. Wow. In the whole calendar school year of going to this place, she never once had a, a, a you know a bad moment. We never got called. No, nothing. Nothing she gets home I'm not picking up the same child I don't know (laughs) who they're giving I don't know who they're giving me but they're not giving me the girl that gets all those green smiley faces on the thing or is the student of the month that's not the girl that I bring home but that's you know that's how it is I I can remember that you know I'd go to school and I'd be really good I'd get home and you know you'd fight with your kids you fight with your you know you talk back it's being a kid right
0: oh yeah yeah, no.
1: I've, so I I don't I don't I don't always crank harshly. Day. Yeah, I don't judge too harshly on my on my kids when they do when they do bad things because you know damn it when I was a kid, I, I did bad things.
0: I was especially cranky with those long bus rides back home, and I mean long bus rides. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, they don't have my it's daughter doesn't have home. it that way. She, she walks she walks right. home and takes us seven eight minutes to walk home.
0: Yeah, I, that, especially the school that, uh, for, that I went to for seventh and eighth grade, downtown Chicago. So, because they did, that wasn't, uh, for some reason that route wasn't directly, you know, to my house, it, obviously it wasn't going to go directly to my house, but usually you would think it's going from downtown to, to the, to the deep west side that you're going to go pretty much straight to the west side. And that is, wasn't the case. We went from downtown to, over where Oprah Winfrey's condo was and dropped those kids off. And then we went a little farther North and then we might've got on an the expressway and started heading a little West, but then we had to stop for, you know, to drop someone else off who lived Northwest. So it was, this, I was the last one is basically the bottom line was I was the last person on the bus. Cause I was, that's how far West I was living. And it just took forever. It took like an, an hour and a half normally. And if there was traffic or some kind of, difficulty uh it took longer than that it took two hours uh every now and then uh to get me home uh and then there was the one day where uh the one the girl that lived sort of close to me so she was the next to last person um the bus got into an accident the uh somebody stopped short in front of the bus and it slammed into uh, the car in front of it and the girl was we were so close to her house that she was starting to stand up uh, on the bus, in order to get ready to put her coat on and get ready to get off the bus, this chick went flying, man. I mean, when when I say flying, I mean she she left her feet, and the next thing that hit was the back of her head at the front of the bus. Like she oh. just and she was and she was a small girl too. She wasn't uh she wasn't hefty or big at all. She was a little uh, scarecrow stick figure, uh, skinny girl. And so she didn't have any time, uh, any warning at all. She just went flying. And the weirdest thing and the kind of the scary thing was that she got up and shook it off and was fine and laughing about it as she got off the bus and proceeded from that point to miss the next, like, month because she was really fucked up. Like, it was... She had really bad injuries. And at the time got up as if she wasn't hurt at all because she was trying to be, you know, what everyone would be in that spot, which is trying to, yeah, I'm all right. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm shaking it all. I'm dusting myself off. Uh, but she was, she was fucked up. It was, it was bad. And uh, I don't even remember what happened as far as legally, but um, I don't think that driver uh, had his job for very long after that. And uh, I think the school had to come to some sort of settlement with that. But that was, that was pretty, actually probably the worst car accident or vehicle accident I've ever witnessed and it, it didn't even have any blood involved so I guess I was lucky I didn't have to see that uh, but yeah it was it was bad this, I, I still remember that her name her name was Jackie and she was skinny and she didn't have a chance she I mean she had no chance just took off as soon as that buzz hit the hit the car in front of it so that was that was pretty frightening
1: you know when you think about all those days Growing up in Chicago, riding a school bus, you know, neither one of us went to school locally, so first through eighth grade, we're taking a pretty long ride downtown um, for school. I never wore a seatbelt, ever. Oh, they had them. They had them. They had them. We 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 just didn't wear them. them. Oh, my God, we're climbing over seats, we're jumping in the oh, aisle. Yeah. I remember specifically when we would get on the long buses, the really long buses, because we were going to go downtown um, for, like, uh, singing the Christmas carols or whatever. We were going to the CNA building. I remember that we would specifically run to the back of the bus because it would hit the potholes. and They were so big that if you oh, we were yeah, in the back of the bus,
0: it would hit air. the top
1: of the bus. <laughs> and we used to think that, that was hilarious that we could sit it and then as they're hitting these giant potholes we're either trying to hit the top of the bus with our head or we're trying to launch ourselves <laughs> yeah. over the seats i mean we're here we're fine are just kids being kids <laughs> we're done with this seatbelt crap right well
0: some other kids may not be fine but yes we happen to be fine yeah
1: you know. But I could just imagine being that driver and you look up and you hit a big pothole and you just see this like explosion of children all over the back of the boat. That's what it it had to look like because we're flying. I mean, you you know, we didn't have to go to the museum. We didn't have to do any VR stuff. We didn't have to do a flight simulator. All we had was Monroe (laughs) Street or whatever street that was that we were driving straight downtown and some huge ass potholes driving downtown.
0: So I guess we're kind of we're kind of lucky in a way because we seem to always have bus drivers who didn't give a flying fuck about us and allowed us to have that experience.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even the bus drivers that I liked, they didn't care. We didn't wear seatbelts. We're all we're rolling down the aisle. You know, it was awesome. I, I mean, yeah, I, geez, the, all, a lot of my childhood memories are all the fun that we had on the bus. You know, back and forth from school.
0: I had uh, a couple of different drivers through the years that were sticklers. So I know what the seatbelt feels like. and I know the mechanism of it only because (laughs) a couple of different drivers really were hardcore. And and there's this one old bat that was a Jehovah's Witness and just made everybody's life miserable. Like she someone was chewing gum and popped a bubble or something uh, in their mouth. And she pulled the bus over until that person took the gum out of their mouth and, and threw it away. Stopped the bus just because someone popped wow. the gum. Um, also, would not the same woman would not take off driving after you got on the bus unless you said good morning to her.
1: Okay. Like, b-
0: bitch, I don't even, I don't care about you. I don't say good morning to my mom. I don't want to say nothing to nobody and especially your old crusty ass but she wouldn't she wouldn't move if you got on the bus and didn't say good morning to her she would not move the bus until you said it's like woman you've got to be kidding me and finally she just pissed us off so so much that we like in mass marched to the principal's office and complained about her and she was gone uh i think the next day. And from that point, we all like took pride trying to say, yeah, I'm the one that got a fire. No, 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 it was me. I'm the one <laughs> that got it. A... No, 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 no. So, oh, she was terrible. So, yeah, she's I, one I, of the, the few drivers that's the reason why I know how the school bus seatbelt works. Otherwise, I would have no idea.
1: Yeah, I don't remember hardly any of the names of any of our bus drivers. But in fourth grade, we had our bus driver. It was Jimmy. It was Mr. Jimmy. And uh, I remember Mr. Jimmy because everybody had the bus just loved the guy. You know, he, he was just—he was almost like he was, like you thought about him almost not like he was a teacher, but he was just your bus driver, and he was just awesome. You know, he's always there, he good attitude, got along with all the kids. But man, that year we had more bus breakdowns than I could ever remember. Hmm. And you, you, I'm sure you were there for a few breakdowns. But, damn, we had a lot of breakdowns on the bus. There was nothing and worse than when we try to get home from school and watch cartoons, and you all have to get off the bus. You got to wait for...
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, and I think it was with Mr. Jimmy that we had our only minor accident. I think he rear-ended somebody. Um, mm. It wasn't major, but then you all have to get off the bus. You, wait... <laughs> you want to get home at um, that... that that wasn't fun. That was, uh, that was like when I would be taking the L home from, from Whitney and, uh, there'd be delays. All oh, those were the worst.
0: Yeah. I can imagine.
1: Yeah. yeah we we try to watch the, the, the sh-
0: Cubs game after, uh, yeah. after school, we're trying to get home as quick as possible. Cause you know, at four thirty the sun's going to be to the point yeah. where you can't see anything. They're going to call the game. You want to at least so watch some of the game. Yes. That's how
1: games we are. Were we by darkness. Yes. Um, yeah, I always, I always appreciated, I always appreciated getting home for. But yeah, I would always get home. It seemed like for about like the sixth or seventh inning, for a lot of the right. games. And that's about the time when I would get home and I could watch the last few innings of the Cubs games. If it was a rare three o five start, uh, you would get home for uh, almost the whole game. But yeah, those, those some good memories. Those school bus memories. Who thought that we, we, we definitely don't plan these things out. Oh, no.
0: We did not come in uh, to tonight thinking about talking about that. The uh, dirtiest joke I ever heard at that time Uh, of my life was by a bus driver who wasn't uh, around very long. I I swear to God, I think he was (laughs) our our driver for about three days. No joke. No shit. I think he was only...
1: Probably told that joke to somebody. That joke may have gotten back to somebody.
0: Right. But the way he told it was, again, I was the last kid on the bus, and he did it like real secretly and tried to make, you know, as if he was confiding this secret joke to me that he thought I would be the one that would get it and find it funny. So I, I didn't think he told it to any other people, but maybe he did, or maybe he did something else that got him fired. I don't know what exactly. I thought he was a cool guy. The the three days that we had him, that I remember (laughs) about him a young guy. I think he might've been black. I think he had like a, a Jerry curl or something like that. But anyway, the joke goes, uh, if I remember it correctly, what does eating pussy and being a in fuck? the Mafia
1: have in common? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What grade were you in?
0: I can't remember. If, I, I, it was either like third or fourth grade or something oh like that. Oh, my
1: God. I wasn't this very explains old. explains a lot about you.
0: I, I don't blame him. Believe me. I was a bad boy <laughs> before him and after him. It didn't have right. anything to do with him. Okay. In any event, what does eating pussy and being in the mafia have in common?
1: Do I have to do this like Ed McMahon? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What does eating pussy and being in the mafia have in common? You tell me. One slip of
0: the tongue and you're in deep shit. Up.
1: <laughs> he was about to at the same time. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's pretty that's awesome. Funny. I had it queued up perfectly, too. So, yeah, I'm getting used to this.
0: Yeah, I see that. So I'm, just, I'm used to having to hit all the buttons myself. So, I yeah. didn't even think that you had that covered.
1: <laughs> oh, wait. You were getting ready to tell a joke. I was like, oh, I got to get this ready here. All right. <laughs> that's good, though. It, two of them are better than one.
0: I was getting myself ready at the same time because I'm used to doing that. So shout out to that, whoever that bus driver was that, that told me oh at, my, at the time okay. was the dirtiest joke I'd ever heard.
1: Third grade from a bus driver. <laughs> that's what they tell you. <laughs> wow. Hey, it. come here. I got to tell you a joke. Yeah. I, I think I this, this is my point.
0: That's my point is that don't blame him. I think I was – bad enough or dirty enough that he thought he could confide that joke in me because I had already displayed. <laughs> I was probably molesting girls on the bus and he was probably watching that anyway, so he probably thought I was the right guy to tell. Uh, but yeah, and and kid, I was the last guy on the bus. Kid, and, and I like he was so you. proud.
1: I like you, yeah. I like you kid. Oh, he was I so proud of that know. joke. He
0: thought it was the funniest joke in the world, yeah.
1: I'm going to make a man out of you here with this joke right here. <laughs>
0: Go tell all your friends and be the cool kid. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh no!
0: Although I probably fucked it up every time I told it, but
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, I just well, You know, I'm kind of glad my kids won't be busting it to school after <laughs> all. But I'm not telling them that joke. I'm not gonna be walking my son to pick up my daughter and be like, Grant, son, want to hear yeah, a great a joke. joke for you? <laughs> Sure, Dad. No. Oh, boy. Yeah, no. That's not going to happen. I don't have to do much to make my kids laugh. All I got to do is just fart or something. You know, my kids will crack up. I don't have to tell them dirty jokes.
0: That might have been next on the on the guy's list. I don't know. I, thankfully, I got off the bus at that point. So.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't forget, kid. You know. Right. <laughs> There's one for the road. I'll be here all He's
0: week. He's highly... He seemed like the type of guy that would find that hilariously funny. Just ripping a big part
1: of it. Well, he's no telling, if he told that joke to a third grader. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I've, got a, I've got a feeling that that guy's in the joint. I'm just saying.
0: If I had to guess it, I'd say he's probably no longer with us. Someone like that.
1: Oh, okay. All right.
0: Probably, you know, pissed off the right. Probably the type of guy that would hit on a girl that was, you know, uh, dating a uh, MMA fighter and, uh, yeah. and the guy took him out yeah. back and turn him into a pretzel or something
1: yeah or he or he'd tell some th- or he'd tell a third grader that joke that might do it too
0: <laughs> or he tells a someone that knows people in the mafia that
1: joke and they go oh really now oh
0: I mean, let me show you what being in the mafia if, is all
1: about i don't know if that joke would piss off the mafia i think that joke would piss off more like concerned adults
0: yeah, but like the concerned parents. adults aren't the one that's gonna make him pay. You know, no. someone <laughs> in the mafia that's sensitive about it, they might make him pay for that. <sighs> yeah, I don't know how. You don't remember this cat's name. Down that man.
1: road, I uh, it, it, Kings of Don sequitur.
0: For some reason, Sean pops in my head. I think his name might have okay. been Sean, but that doesn't that doesn't help. Uh, Out him at at all? There's so many people named Sean, so that doesn't really do any.
1: any Oh yeah, Sean, that guy. Oh, that guy. Sean who used to drive a school bus. Talking about now, if you're listening, (laughs) Uh Sean who used to drive a school bus and told dirty jokes to third graders, give us a call. (laughs) We'd like to know what you were thinking. I just outed him.
0: Someone named Sean that used to drive a school bus in Chicago. That narrows it down to about what?
1: You think five million or so? No, if probably a few thousand people um you know drove a school I'm bus. Thinking, I mean, how many school bus drivers named Sean could there be in Chicago?
0: In the history over, of, of the city of Chicago? Yeah.
1: Well, over the last forty years. Oh, well now you're narrowing it down. Five, down. That's different. I don't think it would be five million.
0: Sean in the eighties that used to drive a school bus in yeah. Chicago.
1: <laughs> if you're yeah, call us from prison. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: or for witness protection.
0: If if he's still around, somebody's probably contacting him right now. Hey, man, they're talking about you. They told that joke that you always told.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> the, the joke Do you, it, you the third graders. Yeah, the one you told at the playground.
0: <laughs> he probably told it to everyone he knew because I like like I said, he was so proud of it. He, he acted like it was the greatest joke he'd ever heard, and he was relaying that precious information that... to me
1: was not it. I've heard some funny jokes. That wasn't it.
0: Well, at that age, I was you know rolling on the floor laughing. I was like, oh my God. First of all, it probably took me like 15 seconds to even get it, knowing me. Uh, but then once I finally got it, I was like, oh, oh my God. You know, I, I can imagine what my reaction was. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a rude boy. I'm a bad boy, but uh, I wouldn't Make that part of the reason why. That's probably you know half a percent of the reason
1: why I'm like uh, why I am the way I am. So so any anything from the uh, from the from the games this week that we glossed over that we didn't get a chance to talk about that you wanted to add in there that you got in your copious notes or something that stood out that we didn't talk about yet.
0: I got most of my notes in. Um, this isn't anywhere near important, but. When you think about the Giants, and we talked a little bit before the season about their ongoing, forever, never-ending search for a running game, Uh, they've given this Paul Perkins guy a a shot, it hasn't really worked. There's a guy uh, that I make fun of the last couple of years, but he's been the one kind of decent running back that they've had, and I've given them my own little nickname in my mind as we talked about before when I used to play the NBA live and you were watching and I would bring in Othella Harrington off the bench and you gave him the nickname spark uh, because for some reason he always went 10 for 12 from the field, hitting that little uh, elbow jumper. Um, This this guy Orleans Darkwa keeps coming in and actually looking kind of decent uh, for the giants. And I've given him the nickname Orleans Sparkwa because every time he comes in, he seems to (laughs) give a little bit of a spark to him. Um, And, I was just pointing that out in my notes because he hasn't practiced all week. So it looks like Orleans Sparkle won't be out there for the Giants, oh, no. unfortunately. Uh, but that's I'm still thinking it's okay because that means Eli Manning will have to rely even more on going through the air to Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard against the Tampa Bay beat-up defense,
1: and I'd still yeah. trust the Giants uh, to win that game. Yeah, speaking of bad running games, um, I was watching that Packers running game on Thursday night, oh. and it was pretty. It was pretty amazing that they had. They they lost their top two running backs. They, well, quote unquote running backs. They lost Ty Montgomery, then they lost Williams, and then this kid, this Aaron Jones, all of a sudden starts uh, getting the ball. And would not you know of it? The year. He wasn't terrible. Yeah. He was. He was not. And and being not terrible is high praise right now for a Packers running back. He wasn't good. I mean, he wasn't good by a long (laughs) stretch. But he wasn't.
0: Make no mistake. He wasn't actually good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Don't please don't anybody mistake what I'm saying as praise of the Packers running game. But he wasn't terrible, and it was a, a different looking offense. When you had a guy going out there and getting five yards or seven versus Montgomery, who most of the time would get you a yard or three (laughs) yards or go down at the first contact, they actually had somebody in there who looked like a running back and was actually wearing a running back's number. I kind of liked it. And And that actually seemed to be a little bit of a spark for their offense. So I'll be interested to see. Uh, what the health status is of Montgomery and Williams going forward, but I would keep my eye on Aaron Jones. Uh, Maybe even a little fantasy tidbit there for you. Yeah,
0: Yeah, there you go. They got 10 days to get ready to get back out there, but if not, apparently this kid Jones is ready to take one of those jobs. So, yeah, I I did notice him in that game. I did write him down in my notes that he – I didn't say he provided a spark, but he was, uh, he, he kept it going. He kept the ball moving. He kept the chains moving, and then he, he did what they asked him to do.
1: Yeah, he didn't look bad. I, I i would say, even though he got his first NFL carries, he didn't look rusty.
0: Hey, hey! Oh, good Lord. Uh, we haven't, had a, rusty, a rusty, haven't rusty. had a rusty.
1: A little rusty. Does anybody get that joke? Do you think
0: like five people uh, who grew up in Chicago get that joke?
1: But you know what? The people who got it are laughing their asses off right now.
0: In much less detail at gmail.com. Did you get that joke and are you laughing your ass off about it? Let us know.
1: (laughs) Or hit us up on Twitter. I've actually used my Twitter people.
0: That's right. Yeah, I, I, got into a,
1: I got into a minor Twitter spat with somebody today when I commented on something the NFL Network posted about how Tom I, – I, they, the, they posted that Tom Brady's the greatest of all time, and I don't oh think boy, he is. That's,
0: that's I, the way to get you like, going, I, I know.
1: Have, I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and I basically pointed out the fact of what that team plays like and what their record is without him. Their record is no worse without him than it is with him.
0: I know that's your your hot button issue.
1: He, yeah, Tom Brady, not the goat. So I'm I'm keeping this alive here, and I probably get some idiot Patriot fan. Some some guy comes back. Oh, well, they were 16 and 0 the year before. To which I promptly replied, "Oh yeah, how'd that end up?
0: <laughs> how'd that go? How how many rings did they yeah. win off? Uh, uh-huh. How many Super Bowls did they win that year?"
1: And the Golden State Warriors won seventy three games. How about the Atlanta
0: Falcons led twenty eight to three?
1: And that didn't it didn't go so well either. No. I'm not sitting there going that Matt Ryan is the greatest quarterback of all time, though.
0: Well, you would if he won five rings. Uh, it's uh,
1: but yeah,
0: that you you've long said on this show your belief that Tom Brady is. You've said it. The greatest system quarterback yes. of all time. The
1: S, the S word. You said the S word. That's right. I did. I said the S word in reference to Tom Brady because it is a system. And the proof of that would be in the fact that when he's not there, that team produces at almost the same level. I, I, just, that offense last year in those the, those games with Jimmy Garoppolo, they didn't drop off. There was no problems with them playing. It was like, oh, where's Tom Brady? Repairable? No, they they were just fine. They adapted. That's that's why I will contend that Bill Belichick may go down as the greatest head coach of all time. But I don't think the Tom Brady. I don't think it's a combo meal there. I don't think you get one with the other. You don't have to have them both.
0: Yeah, I don't even know how you're supposed to measure who could be the greatest whatever of all time. Right. And I've talked about this many times, especially in the NFL when there's so, there's such a stark difference between the offense and the defensive players. There's nobody doing both jobs. So therefore, it is as dependent on the other side as any sport. In baseball, you play offense and defense. In basketball, you play offense and defense. In football, you play one or the other. And to say one quarterback is greater than the other because of Super Bowl results, look, you have to explain to me if you're going to say Tom Brady with five, and that makes him the greatest, if you're going to say before that Joe Montana, how many did he win? Four? There there, there were a lot of people arguing Joe Montana was the greatest quarterback of all time before Brady came along, and I didn't believe in that either because I watched Joe Montana play, and he was a great quarterback. He wasn't the greatest I ever saw. But when it's such a a stark difference with offense, defense, and you can only control what you can control, if you're going to measure it by rings, then you have to explain to me why you would not say Eli Manning is greater than Tom Brady because both times Eli Manning played Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, he beat him. So tell me how that works.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you what, that's not even close. That, that, and that's those are those, you know, those are those. Oh, you know, that's that's like you've been listening to the score out of Chicago too much. This team beat this team, but this team beat that team, therefore, we're better than that team. <laughs> and you'd hear I that from a lot people of people calling in on the score too. all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is a lot of sports talk radio. Some team beats one team. But that team beat somebody else, even though. But that team, the, the, the second team, might have beaten a better team. But we beat them, and they beat the best team. So therefore, we're the best team in the league. Why isn't uh, anyone no, just,
0: talking about this? Why? Yeah. It is?
1: yeah. I, I just look at what I know. see, and, and I've team. never had the feel. I've never had the feeling when I watched Tom Brady that I was watching the best thing I've ever seen. Or, or the greatest. Like, oh, it doesn't get any better than this, you know? I don't get the, I didn't get that feeling like when I was watching, I don't know, like Barry Sanders, or Walter Payton, you know? I mean... Or, or Jerry Rice.
0: You couldn't possibly feel that way, because his first championship was 90% because of the defense, defense. and the two yeah. rings after that were probably 60% because of the defense. It wasn't until yeah. after he got it, Randy Moss that he became a great right. quarterback
1: and the most and recent so cool. rings were because the other team completely shit the bed
0: <laughs> but we can't talk about that
1: uh, well i mean the seahawks one was just as bad
0: i know i know that yeah, they, they should yeah. absolutely should be the patriots you're right
1: <laughs> cost me a I'm season too
0: but we—I'm just saying—we can't talk about that because the Patriots won, and that's all that mattered. And Tom Brady is the greatest. Tommy's the greatest of all time, and that uh, doesn't matter. You know, who, whoever you're arguing with, you know, was a—you a, know—Boston guy with a. Oh, absolutely,
1: an absolutely. That's what. I, that's why. That's why he's I relish because just because all you have to do is go on Twitter, you know, and disagree with somebody, and you can you, you can just you think like you're calling them out because she's a keyboard warrior. I wasn't taking shots at people. I was just making a comment saying, I don't think he's the best. But somebody, oh, no, no, no. They he, they did this. I said, well, you know, that's why I pointed out they were 11 and 5 with Matt Castle and 3 and 1 last year without Tom Brady. That's 14 and 6. That might be a better win percentage than Tom Brady has for his career.
0: You may not have been take, taking a shot at that guy, but you were taking a shot at that guy's guy. So,
1: oh, they am taking full- a shot at their
0: boy. And therefore, you, ta- you take a shot at Tommy. You're taking a shot at me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. We don't get any Patriots fans. We get we, we get Steelers fans, and we've had multiple Steelers fans call the show. So we must be really popular with the Steelers Nation. Um, and a couple of guys you know, from Atlanta. And we've had a couple of calls from Atlanta. Although we didn't really get any team affiliation uh, from them. I mean, I, we would assume. I mean, it's, it's incorrect to assume that they're just Falcons fans. No, I, I won't assume that, but they yeah. did represent
0: Atlanta. They represented so, the A.
1: Yeah, that was, I believe, Naj. Naj was from Atlanta, right? And then we had the other guy from Atlanta who was the guy who was the Steelers fan, though. Or no, no, he was the guy who hated the Steelers because he was calling Talking up about, about Ben Rogers. Yes, 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 yes. That's what it was. Raping With the girl the, in the, the bathroom. You remember yeah. that? Huh? You remember right. that? I confused I confused the Steelers anti Steelers call with the Steelers show. So Bryce in Brooklyn, still the only true Steelers fan who's called our show, and so we still haven't heard from. We still, we still haven't heard from Bryce since they lost to the Gotta Bears.
0: Get the jaws of life to get Bryce out of his car after he heard the the Bears beat the Steelers. He probably collapsed behind the wheel or something.
1: Yeah, I would have immediately jumped on the phone called Bryce told him you know don't go sit in the car in the garage don't put the banana in the tailpipe <laughs> you know it's all It'll right buddy all right. you're going to have ones like this you lost a non conference game on the road nobody's going to fault you for it nobody's going 16 and 0 here let's just come back now let's see how they bounce back and play against the ravens i love i love steelers ravens that's 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 been good for a long time I mean, I don't think it approached, it, it, it almost approached hit
0: hitting that game somewhere along yeah. the way.
1: I remember the game when the Ravens finally got tired of the Steelers beating them around and uh, the Ravens scored a touchdown right, right away in the first quarter. And they were beating around the Steelers so bad. They just went for two and got it. And it was like, <laughs> everything they did was just a giant middle finger to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's when the Ravens were really starting to you know, come into their own as being a more dom- little you know dominant team. They'd been tired of getting kicked around by the Steelers. But some of the most fun, hard hitting, good defensive games, not bad offensive games, good defensive games I've gotten have have come from those two. But this ain't those teams.
0: No. No, this is definitely Steelers,
1: not those teams. Steelers haven't been known for good defense uh, for a few years now. Who oh, excuse me. No,
0: they're getting better. They're they're they They're drafting the right way. They're getting young playmakers, and they're 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 coming up. They're coming back from the from the dead, so to speak. But yeah, yeah, I just this game tomorrow. I uh, the 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 problem is that the Steelers' (laughs) offense you could count on them to provide some fireworks the last few years after they've gotten their playmakers, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. But those guys aren't playing great right now. Brubersberger has been almost terrible. And I don't know quite what to expect from that game. I know I picked the Steelers, but I don't feel all that great about it. I just think it's going to be a low-scoring sort of ugly slog. And I don't know if the the hate is quite there the way it has been before. So I don't even know if you're going to get that. You, usually yeah. you could count on you know Terrell Suggs and somebody uh, grabbing the face mask and tugging each other around and getting into one of those tussles. I don't know if they hate each other quite that much anymore right now. Uh, so, But it, it still should be – Physical and defensive, and just don't know. I don't know when the Steelers are going to start playing like the Steelers again, but it's coming around that time. They need to pretty much start ramping it up, like right now.
1: Yeah, and up until last year, we had been treated to the Cardinals Seahawks rivalry, which was giving us
0: yeah that had turned into a great the,
1: one. Some of the best football. And then last year was last year the one where we had that nine six game. Oh my god. Where I gave that where I gave that worst game of the year because of all we were just expecting another one of those classics and it was a Sunday night game and we got one of the worst, most boring football. Was that the they were missing all the field goals? Yeah. Was that a tie? Was that a tie? Six six tie yeah. I six six tie yeah. One of the worst football games I think I've ever had to subject <laughs> myself to. And these guys are, and they were just missing field goals. These guys were missing like Blair Walsh field goals.
0: This is right there, right there. Yeah. Could not end it.
1: I hate. And now the Seahawks Weird. signed Blair Walsh. Don't you think that they would know? Unless it's some <laughs> kind of reward. I mean, I want to go back and check the tape from when Blair Walsh missed the field goal. You know, when we were in, uh, when they were in, when they were in Minnesota there, I want to go back. You know what I want to look for? I want to look for the money sticking out of the guy's pocket.
0: (laughs) See, we hit it again at the same time. Yeah. You you hit it earlier than me by a second, so I canceled you out and started playing it over again.
1: Okay. So we were, we We were thinking on the same page there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I want to go back and check uh, the tape when Blair Walsh gets that field goal because for what other reason would the Seahawks, after seeing that, go, Hey, yeah, let's sign this guy. It looks like a good yeah. addition to our team. What? Well
0: we never talked about it, but Tulsa, what's the worst decision? That or the Bears looking at that terrible second round draft pick from Terry <laughs> Bay Washington. Ohio.
1: Yeah, let's bring uh, him in. He might know, be good. You know what though? They didn't they knew enough to just cut him right?
0: Yeah. Why are you bringing him in? He's
1: all try out. They gave, a tryout. They gave him a try out. He can give anybody a tryout. They could give me a tryout. That doesn't mean they're going to sign me. They That's fine. They just, the Saints, I mean the Saints, They had the, the, the Seahawks actually signed this guy. Yeah. And he was still missing field goals for Minnesota last year, missing extra points. He's not good. He's no Stephen Hauska. Hauschka was a legitimate NFL kicker
0: Blair Walsh was for a while I don't know what happened to him
1: uh, well yeah you start getting the yips I think after you yank a 27 yard field goal to lose a playoff game
0: yeah probably back from. Chicago picking up a while it just felt like
1: oh yeah
0: are you trying to be the laughing stock of the league what are you doing what are you what the hell are you doing? <laughs>
1: Well, I believe that's is that Connor Barth. I think I saw kicking for them now.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know. he's a guy. He's a guy. He's not a yeah. failed second round draft pick. That no. guy is a laughing stock. That's but that's when my he had problem. a chance, are
1: you? When he got the chance to make that a twenty one ten game on Thursday night, he pushed it.
0: Mhm. Yeah. 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 He's Roberto Aguayo good.
1: could have done that.
0: Right. But if you have him do that, now everyone's laughing at you and everyone's wondering what's wrong with you, which is why I would have never signed him.
1: The Raiders take crap for all those years for drafting Sebastian Janikowski like in the second round.
0: He was a first-round pick. He was a 1st pick? You
1: know what? He has been a solid kicker in the league for many years. He's he's been a weapon.
0: He hasn't just been solid. He might be a Hall of Fame place kicker, but that's the exception that proves the rule because you can name him and all the other high draft picks that you waste on a place kicker. You can't name them because they weren't Sebastian Janikowski.
1: So, yeah, that wasn't working out. Was it Mike Nugent who didn't work out? Remember the Jets? Didn't they draft Uh, him like way too high that one year? Coming out of college, they drafted, I think it was Mike Nugent. I almost said Ted Nugent, but that that (laughs) wouldn't have worked out.
0: (laughs) That definitely wouldn't have worked out. For some reason, I want to say third round for Mike Nugent. It pops in my head.
1: And I remember when we were in school, I don't remember what year it was, that the Bears caught a lot of shit. I think they drafted a punter really high. Chris Gardaki. Ah, there we go. Supposed to be the man. Those
0: he, revolutionized he, punting.
1: <laughs> How high did they take it? Because you don't draft punters anymore. Really high.
0: Really high. high. Way really,
1: really high. Way too high. Um uh, way. I will look I will look this up because every and everything I, I wanna, and anything I'm is I'm on the internet. I'm, yeah. I'm, i was right there on my way with you here. Uh here, Chris Gardaki in the old Wikipedia page. Uh, does it say anything? He, I'm sure he was a third-round draft pick in 1991. Third-round punter. Third-round pick. He played all of four seasons. He did end up playing, though. I did not realize his last year in the pros was 2006.
0: Yeah. He, he hung so he around had a long, long time as a career. punter. Okay. okay, but yeah, third Good round, third round for a punter. <laughs> a punter.
1: Uh, I, I don't get that. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through here. Let's just see some of the names that were drafted after one, <laughs> Chris Gardaki, <laughs> like, like Ed McCaffrey.
0: If you didn't want a punter, you could have had a very productive wide receiver.
1: Uh, Ed, I'm gonna say that Ed McCaffrey had a solid pro career. What do you think? I think I would rather
0: draft Ed McCaffrey over Chris Kardaki, yes.
1: Or, or, or how about Yancey Thigpen? He was okay.
0: He wasn't bad.
1: Uh, John Casey? He was a decent kicker, although he kicked the ball out of the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> oh, Oh, this gets even better. Brian Cox was picked in the fifth oh. round that year. Bears, The Bears couldn't have used him.
0: Ironically, they wound up getting him later uh, after he was good.
1: Yeah, Merton Hanks got taken after Chris Gardaki.
0: He had a decent career.
1: Fred McAfee. Leon Lett um, was drafted after. Yeah, I mean, these these are all guys. Keenan McCardell was taken in the 12th round that year well think round. about that we had a 12 round draft that year and keaton mccardell who had i mean was between geez uh with the jaguars i mean think about the years that he had as a productive nfl pro lot of them he had a and lot of points he, it... he was only taking 248 spots <laughs> after chris gardaki
0: and the point isn't that the Bears should have reached to to draft Keenan McCardle in the third round instead of Chris Reddack. The point is, you don't waste a third round pick, a, a valuable resource like a third round pick, on a motherfucking punter. I don't care how great you think he is at punting. Who's the greatest punter in the world? Great guy. Uh,
1: this you know, might this might go down as one of the Bears' worst drafts ever. Do you know who they took in the second round that year? Oh no, Bears Chris Zorich. Oh, no. (laughs) And their first pick was Stan Thomas. Oh, God. Did you know that Stan Thomas in another language means holding?
0: (laughs) Good God. You talk about three in a row
1: of just the worst. I mean, I hate to bag on your Bears here, but Stan Thomas, Chris Zorich, and Chris gardaki
0: We cannot start on looking at Chicago Bears drafts. Because that Woo. is a black hole.
1: That is absolute
0: death to wow. look at
1: old Chicago Bears drafts. That was the fifth round pick. Was that year was Anthony Morgan? He really panned out.
0: There's the other draft with Rashawn Salam. There's the other draft with Curtis Enos, There's the other draft with Curtis Conway. It just, we we could get into the Bears drafts and just
1: yeah. bomb it all over the place. Yeah. They drafted their quarterback of the future that year in the seventh round in Paul Justin. <laughs>
0: Oh God! Stop the pain! Stop.
1: This might—I'm just looking at this. This might be one of the worst. (laughs) Could you name a worse first three picks in a draft than Stan Thomas, Chris Zorich, and Chris Gardaki? Wow! Uh, Anybody who listens to this show—if you can come up with three worse, you win. (laughs) Let us know. Yeah.
0: We're we're steeped in Chicago Bears uh, knowledge and history, growing up yeah. in Chicago all our lives. But if, yeah. if it's another city with, I'm I'm sure Cleveland has some stories of terrible drafts. Just thinking about franchises that haven't had
1: much success. Yeah, but, but you can't go. Can you seriously go bust, bust, bust in the first three rounds?
0: <laughs> I'm Was sure it's Wani
1: years. This would have been right at the end of Dick, uh beginning of Wani, right?
0: Yeah, I believe so. Uh, was Lonnie making the picks, or or was it? Uh, he wasn't the GM. He didn't. He wasn't buying the groceries, was he?
1: Uh, I, was, I don't know. Yeah, it'll 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 be, that, be, uh, this is the year that in the second round, oh, yeah, nine, the ninety, the ninety-one draft. At the number, the number thirty-three pick was Brett Favre.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: there's, I there's mistakes
0: it. made all over the place, but. Rarely will you find the mistake of bust, bust punter.
1: That's We really like the way that Stan Thomas, who was the human holding machine, right? I mean, we agree on that. <laughs> oh, he was That's awful. gonna go. He was that's so got to go down as one of the Bears. When the Bears are a organization that just that is just ripe with bust first round picks, no and Stan doubt. Thomas, it was. You know, we've had all the bust running backs that the Bears have drafted. But Stan stands out in particular. First of all, I believe Stan looked like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, from what I can remember. No, Unfortunately. A, a, a fluffy fellow. Um, yes. And then Chris Zorich, who was the most overrated Bears player, possibly in history, because he was good for the community, but just awful a, at football. And he went to Notre Dame. Nice.
0: Yeah, nice south side black kid who went to Notre Dame
1: and everyone loved who was uh, who was amazing at giving to charity i mean we'll never take away from what he was doing in the community he was awesome at that he just happened to be really terrible at football yeah like undersized I mean, whatever, yeah just not good whatever
0: good he did it wasn't worth the second round draft pick not even close
1: <laughs> so and it's not that all so there you have it. Harder. yeah 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 oh wow boom 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 Wiki, Wiki, WikiLeaks, Wikipedia. <laughs> thank you, thank you for letting us relive here on in much less detail the 1991 NFL draft. Don't ever do that again.
0: Um, all right. Next weekend is the big weekend where I will, where I'm guaranteed to do this show from somewhere other than here in my bedroom yeah. for
1: the first time, ever. which means I will be in control next week. Be afraid be very afraid, uh,
0: yeah, I don't even know what night is gonna be freed up for me to do i yeah. I guess I'll plan for Saturday at uh I probably should plan for Saturday at ten just in case we're still doing yeah. something at nine o'clock um, yeah.
1: now what when do you we're leave?
0: We're driving out Friday,
1: okay, and yeah, and yeah, I know you are a big stickler on not doing our picks on Thursday, so yeah, that's uh, a little early for that's, me. I know I know we've done it in the past, and you've never liked it. <laughs> no. So Friday, the your we'll reports you... come out, and this guy's got a lung collapse, and this other guy's got a broke leg and all that. No. So we'll figure, we'll, we'll get you to call in. We probably won't have much of an after show that week. Um, Although I didn't think we were going to have much of one tonight, and here we are at the end. <laughs> well, you know, you start talking about school bus memories... And the nineteen ninety one NFL draft. I mean, you just... <laughs> right.
0: I, and next thing you know, it's it's almost yeah. time to go. I'm
1: I'm I'm actually I'm glad you don't write the show recap or the show previews after the show airs, <laughs> or go back and edit it about like what we talked about in the 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 after show because it would wow. You want to talk about a mixed bag?
0: I actually have started trying to do that i did that tonight uh during oh. the show during the after show i've typed in like one line here and there okay. uh, like tonight i typed in after show school bus hijinks from back in the day and that's all okay I typed.
1: and all and we and we take bears a look at, at the bears failure in the yeah, 1991 a, nfl draft
0: that's the hidden bonus track tonight i'm not going to mention that uh in the recap
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, but we started off talking... I mean, this all started... You do realize the whole genesis of this conversation about the Bears was us making fun of the Seahawks for signing Blair Walsh.
0: Well, yeah, and, and just, yeah, which brought me to the... Which, which reminded me of the Bears picking up a second round kicker for some unknown reason, which made me... Yeah. Which made us think of...
1: Who it was else else yeah, was yeah, drafted. we were talking about Housley, that and then I was like, well, yeah, didn't the Bears draft someone like a punter? Oh. It's like, oh, yeah, here yeah. we go. So yeah, we made fun of Roberto. The Agu- punters and kickers got some love tonight. So the point yeah, that, that really I was trying to blow. make, the point that I was trying to make in all of this is that we are missing a good rivalry game right now. We haven't had one. We did not have one last year. So I'm hoping we can get some teams to get after it and get nasty with each other. Um, I have a feeling it might have to come out of that AFC West because of the, all the the talent that we have in that division right now. I think we're going to get some really good classic type games coming out of that division this year at least i'm hoping so we need some we need some intrigue Uh, that's what's missing so uh
0: recapping tuesday night at 9 p.m central uh, for week four. Uh,
1: that should that should work tuesday at nine should work perfect for me
0: all right he is jay i am dre this has been in much less detail the podcast thank you all for listening get ready for week four in nfl good luck with all of your picks And we will be back to recap week four, Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern, right back here at In Much Less Detail. Talk to you then.